0: i started out and i really didn't know what would happen how you know how ruby would be whether it would work and you know i feel so you know i i'm i've been so surprised by the opportunities that that do present themselves when when you put yourself out there you're listening to women
1: tech charge from the evening standard with me and marie Maffedon. what happens when you mix facials manicures and tech Can technology really get you that blow-dry stat? In this episode, I'm talking to a woman who's built a business around exactly that. She's also got beauty professionals using her platform to stay organised. Get comfortable, maybe pop a face mask on. We're getting started. I'm sat here, near High Street Kensington tube station, joined by a woman who is connecting people with stylists via her app, Ruby. It has 600 beautiful professionals who are beauty therapists using her technology, her SaaS model, got our buzzword there, a yeah. couple of seconds in, uh, to manage their work, their diaries, and beautify people across the world. Welcome, Venetia Archer, CEO of Ruby.
0: Thank you. Lovely introduction. Great to be here.
1: Thanks for coming. Ruby with two U's. Yes, indeed. Um, The second U is important. Second U stands for...
0: Second use stands for, um, I don't quite know. We can um, make it up. Yeah, we can make it Umbrella. up.
1: Umbrella. <laughs> uniforms. <laughs> Do
0: oh they have gosh. to wear uniforms? Yeah, we've got ruby jackets, t-shirts, nail files. Oh, no way. Tunics, yeah. And it's like blush pink. Exactly. Not quite
1: ruby, because ruby's a colour as well.
0: Yeah, it's not a ruby red, it's a blush pink. It is a blush pink. Last year we might have said a millennial pink, but not this year. I was not say, year. it's not quite, no, it, it's, it's done now. Millennial is brighter. Mm, yeah, and I think... No one really wants to be kind of, you know, thought of as the millennial pink right. anymore. You should tell the, tell the restaurant I went to in Shoreditch yesterday. Uh. <laughs> Kitted the whole thing
1: out, millennial pink and oh my gosh. rose gold. Yeah,
0: And
1: <laughs> um, they're still going for it as vibe. So um, what is the official elevator pitch for Ruby?
0: So Ruby is a platform uh, that connects our clients with freelance beauty therapists across London. So, we, so, we, um, so clients can book a host of beauty, beauty services, hair, nails, massages, waxing, um, even things like vitamin drips um, and cosmetic injectables all in the comfort of their home office or hotel. So, the way that we've built built it um, is obviously we've got our customer facing app, which offers a streamlined booking solution for our clients. Um, but we've also built um, a SaaS based portal called Ruby PA, uh, which has been built around the sort of requirements of the freelance beauty therapist. So and SaaS stands for software as a service. just in, For those of you listening, indeed. So. Um, So we've really tried to approach the solution. You know, we we know that our customers want at-home beauty services, but Mm -hmm. we also recognize that we need to develop something that the freelancers want to use. And it actually helps helps them, um, you know, uh, sort of improve their um, sort of professional services, et yep. cetera. And it's important supply
1: and demand want to be on the platform.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so we've so and so that's been something that we focus, uh, focus on on the tech side. Um, and really, you know, I think that the, the one thing that, you know, we've really sort of looked at right from the very beginning is ensuring super, super, super high quality standards. So we, you know, every single professional goes through an extensive vetting process, mm-hmm. six-stage vetting process, which involves oh, wow. trade tests. So, you know, the perk of the job is getting a, you know, mani, Um. Manny in the office, um, <laughs> but you know we really care about quality because obviously it's you know a super personal service having someone to come into your home, um, and we need to make sure that it, you know that it makes sense.
1: So if you want a legit reason for getting a Manny in the office, then working for Ruby or they need to start their own Ruby. Ooh. People listening,
0: <laughs> they can start their own Ruby yeah. if they want. Okay, well they can come work with Bit us. Of com-
1: healthy competition yeah, is good. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. We like okay. that. Awesome, and. Is it mostly offices? Is it mostly hotels? What does the split end up being? Just out of interest.
0: No, so it's majority um, just clients in their homes. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, we got you know, it's a lot, lots of um, lots of London-based users. Um, the majority of our users are are, are just sort of yeah, um, you know, individuals. Uh-huh. Um, and then we've got a strong network of hotel clients um, and um, also internationals coming into town. So, you know. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Exactly. So that's – they have used Ruby – no, when they come to London,
1: they want to use Ruby because they trust who you've chosen. Exactly. As opposed to it being that it's available if you, like, go to Dubai.
0: No, exactly. And I think, um, you know – because they might not necessarily know where to go or mm. who to see for their beauty services. And they come across Ruby either through recommendation or through a hotel concierge or a friend. Um, you know, it's just quite a simple solution for people who who don't know where the best place to go. Yeah, and they trust, they trust you. Exactly, yeah. Put, put a lot of trust in your hands. Yes, yes, I yes. Have to say. Which we take very seriously. Yeah, I
1: have trust issues.
0: Do you? Well, you will not have a chip nail or a flat blow dry if you book with <laughs> Ruby. But it depends. You know, it depends on the individual. You know, we appreciate that. You know, just like we like to go to restaurants or we like to um, uh, order food in. That's the same with, you know, with, with clients who need beauty services. You go to the salon, you have it done at home. We're just offering a kind of another another, another op- way of doing it. Yes. Yeah. Options. Go. Oh, it's good to have options.
1: Yeah. So a little birdie called the internet uh, tells me that this isn't something that you've always done. No. You've not always been the CEO of Ruby. You did a couple other things beforehand. Yes. Yes. You studied at Cambridge. Yep. Boo. Joking, <laughs> joking. I went I went to <laughs> you. Yeah. We're not really allowed to be talking. Oh my gosh. At uh, which college did you go to? To Newnham. Okay. That's the women's one. Yes. Ah,
0: what did you study? Um social and political sciences. I, I see how that connects to Ruby. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely <laughs> yes. Politics <laughs> going straight into on demand beauty bookings. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But then you were a journalist. So then so then, yes, I went in. I sort of went in and um, sort of started my career um, on in the private security advisory space. I so, see. working with corporations to advise their clients, whether you know, sort of big blue chip um, oil and gas firms or governments, you know, through through these these companies on. Um, security matters, whether it be, for for me, I was looking at maritime security, so Somali piracy, so no whether it was advising shipping companies on the risks um, around Africa on Somali piracy, I, I did that. You know, I left university, had no idea what I wanted to do, yeah. just like I didn't know what I wanted to do after school, but mm-hmm. kind of kept on trying to make the best decision at the time. Yep. Best decision at the time was to get a job in, in a field that, you know, fit my careers, you know, fit my education, so I did that. <clears throat> And then I grew up a little bit in mm-hmm. those few years and learned what I liked and I didn't like. Um, and then, you know, one day I realized that I didn't want to be doing what I was doing anymore and mm. it wasn't as suited to me as it could be. And I'd always had this idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd always been telling my friends, someone's got to do this app for on-demand beauty services. Like, come on, we've got Uber, we've got Deliveroo, you know, there's something there. Did, did you have the idea pre-Uber? Um. Oh, it was either at the same time. Okay. It was probably at the same time. I yeah. don't think I had that. You know. <laughs> well, did, well, you know, because that's a that's a world exclusive. That would be very yeah. cool, yeah. and maybe I should have just said yes. Yeah. But um, I think I might. <laughs> I think I might have had a little bit of inspiration from from the quote unquote greats. Uh huh. Um, and then very naively decided to do it. I see. Yeah. Okay. And three and a half years later, here we are. Boom. So yeah. not
1: not that naive a move then.
0: Nah. No. It was good. Got yeah. there. You're here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You're Forbes 30 under 30, yeah. no less.
0: Yeah. I No. It's been a hell of a ride. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And but still enjoying
0: it. Very much so. I mean, the goalposts constantly shift. Mm-hmm. I remember when I launched the business, I said, "Okay, success equals one person booking one manicure on this app," Ever. and Ever, I was okay. like, you know what? If I get that done, because just getting the product up, getting, I was like, oh, you know, that'll be, you know, that'll be a, a tick. Mm-hmm. And then it changes, you know, and then it goes on to fundraising or numbers of users or whatever it might be. But you know, just take it, take it as it comes, and just try and make the best decision at the time.
1: And fundraising, I think, is one of those things that people, people are always asking. When I said when I said we're going to do this podcast, that's yeah. one of the things that came up. Whereas, you know, secure the bag. How do you get the cash? How do you get the money? And how do you get investors to believe in what you're doing and and prop money up because I think for growth and for scaling it's something you need but for a lot of people they don't have those initial resources to say I'm going to chuck in the towel and I'm just going to pursue solving this problem. How was the whole journey for you?
0: It was very iterative Mm -hmm. so it didn't all come at once and when I launched Ruby I quit my full-time job as it was and started working as a consultant so i had some income and i I could work two days a week doing that and then um i also applied for a virgin startup loan Mm -hmm. so i got some cash there to actually create you know our mvp you know our minimal viable product the first app yeah um and then and then managed to get some traction off that you know off that loan and that you know I mean it was, was terrible there PR that
1: came with it as well no no? Okay. no
0: I wouldn't have done that because really what we needed to do was build a marketplace first yeah so that was my greatest challenge you know having enough freelance therapists yeah. and clients
1: how did you convince them did you do the uber thing of like giving the money to, no, to switch to your service we
0: actually didn't and the way that we did it so this is also talking about how we pivoted so much was when we started we did salons and at home beauty therapists so we ended up and this is an interesting thing for anyone looking to create a marketplace, working with third-party providers who already did at-home beauty services. So we already had a network. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. While that wasn't going to be the way that we do it forever, at least it's helped us learn how to work, you know, how to improve the platform, et cetera, get Mm -hmm. ourselves on our feet. And then we started to recruit our own, and then we sort of built enough. And listen, this is over a long time. It took a long time, particularly because we hadn't received very much funding, Mm -hmm. to actually get it to any tangible state, Mm -hmm. which, you know, We're at now and, you know, probably have been over, you know, the last 12 months. But it was a big scramble, which obviously impacts on, you know, challenges around fundraising. You've got to be hitting serious targets, you know, if if you're at that stage. They
1: say it's like having another boss, effectively,
0: your investors. You've got
1: more KPIs. You've got almost more pressure. For sure. To have to kind of meet. For sure. To get more, to get the different tranches of funding in and all the rest of it. it. It kind of adds pressure rather than even necessarily making things easier
0: i think so it definitely adds pressure because you constantly want to deliver and you recognize that at some point particularly in a business like this one we're going to need another check down the line Mm. so (laughs) you know you you know you, you you need to perform and and in addition to looking at the company and running the company, it's also, you know, maintaining a steady stream of communication. Even when you fail, you know, at the beginning I thought, oh, no, you know, something, you know, I remember we had a big, big fail around our tech at one point mm-hmm. with the launch of a new app. And I was really worried about it, what it would mean because the the result of the issue with the tech meant that our bookings just declined massively. And I thought, oh, God, is this the end? And then I was like, I communicated it and explained what happened and um, and everyone was fine because it H- picked how up. How
1: far into the journey was this?
0: So this was about two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or so a year and a half. A year in. and a half in. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but no, and then, but the thing is, it's about, you know, one, finding money in any way that you can, you know, anywhere that you can, whether it's for a loan, a grant. Beg, borrow,
1: stealing, Beg, yep. borrow,
0: steal. Yep. Oh, my gosh, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe and then, not
1: the stealing. The evening Standard can't condone stealing Oh, money. yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. No, 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 sorry.
0: Oops. <laughs> um, and then, and then it's selling the vision and making sure that you've refined that vision, mm-hmm. and, and it and it will evolve. And it, you know, the, the pitch that I have today is, you know, you wouldn't recognise it from the pitch on the first day, um, yeah. because we've figured out, okay, what does the market need? What are we particularly good at? And what do our customers want? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, really making sure you have that kind of iron down at each stage of the conversation. have
1: tastes changed a lot over three and a half years would you say because because the other thing I always notice with beauty treatments is that there's always like a new thing coming out there's always like a new I don't know type of facial or chemical thing that people are putting on their faces or whatever else it might be so has has a lot changed even in terms of that side of supply
0: since you started definitely so we're um seeing a lot of therapists coming to us who do a whole host of different treatments that we haven't seen before and mm-hmm. all, all at home as well mm-hmm. whether it is from the peels or to using the kind of mechanical machines the micro needling machines um, you know to really add that extra step you know with a you know deep cleansing and cleaning facial you know we have a lot of that a lot more sort of experience um, in devel- d- delivering those services at home then there's also the product um, so mm-hmm. we do partner with different product brands to introduce new kinds of you know treatments on the app mm-hmm. um and i'm constantly astounded obviously because my background wasn't beauty i've really had to educate myself mm. in it and be educated also by my peers and i i'm so you know I, I i'm just so so amazed at you know the the improvements in terms of skincare in sh- such a short period of time okay and, yeah and has it been a learning curve would you say not just the
1: beauty but also the tech like how involved mm-hmm. are you with the technical side of everything
0: yeah, that's been that's that was that was very hard because obviously hiring our CTO, mm-hmm. you know, is a key is a key you know a key, a key figure, and I was really lucky in that I hired you know hired our CTO three years ago, mm-hmm. and he has just you know he he was the right the right fit, yeah. um, and I think you know you've got to understand things like your tech stack and their experience and if they've worked in similar kinds of platforms but again it's very high level I mean there's by no means I think I mean I probably conducted a terrible interview to hire him I mean can you spell html oh my gosh exactly but you know what it was because I needed a partner and the initial, um, the initial app that we launched was terrible. Like, you know, we had to rebuild it. And that was
1: without the CTO, the initial And that one. was without the CTO. How did you So uh, that MVP, how did you build it then? How did it come together? So
0: I used a third-party agency on like the tiniest budget. I don't know if anyone would be able to do it today. Okay. And we built our back-end system and this app. And yep. I remember like some of the first designs you know, Because I was like, oh, well, they can just do the designs as well. Honestly, like mistake on mistake on mistake. But whatever, <laughs> you know, you figure it out. Some of the designs were so bad. They looked like, you know, a banking logo. And I just thought, oh, God.
1: No offense to any
0: bankers listening. not No, it was just not <laughs> beauty. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and then and then no, but so we got there. And then, you know, I recognized that we needed someone in-house who could really help advise on the best steps. And how
1: do you go about finding a CTI Because
0: that's also like one of the,
1: even saying i was going to be recording this today everybody's like you know where do you find that that co-founder where do you find that CTO where do you find those senior early hires that you can trust cuz it's tough it's like dating
0: it's so tough and i think Particularly if you are starting up a company and are not not as networked into startup communities yeah. or the or the and you
1: are new to tech and the beauty at the same exactly. time, right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. So I mean if I had to find a CTO now, I think I'd find it easier because I've, you know, had experience and met lots of people who could help.
1: Share your secret. Where would you find them?
0: I would okay, so where I, I found Pete on a platform called Hired. Pete's okay. our CTO. Yep. He was um at Netaporte for five years. Uh-huh. So he you know, he was just, you know, really fantastic. And what that platform does is you know it it's it's you know offers such a great service and, and such great um, businesses for these tech people to yeah. join. I don't know how I got in there, Shout but out to hire you should sponsor us. Yeah, for sure. Um, and. Um, And so I found him that way. So you know, obviously there's a cost to that, Mm. um, but because I didn't have the network, it was the only real way I could have gone. That said, I've learned a lot, a lot more now. And there, you know, so right now we're actually on the Founders Factory Accelerator, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know, you can you can join um, their community and. um, and they've got a number of different candidates. So, you know, there's a whole industry around supporting startups has mm-hmm. kind of come up. So there's definitely, you know, even Google Campus, it's where all of the, you know, all, all, the, all the startups, cool all the out. cool startup people hang out. Like and myself and, and Venetia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, you know, networking around those places as well. But it's definitely tough.
1: What's the biggest technical thing you've learned? That you're like, if you look back three and a half years, you'd be like, oh my gosh, as if I know X.
0: I mean, Definitely how much longer it takes than you would ever imagine. And I think when I first started, I just thought it was a communication thing and Mm -hmm. that I wasn't communicating what we needed or that the developers were just being slow. Mm. And now I look back and I realize, because now I've become more tech literate through our multitude of meetings and conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, my CTI talk about exactly the sorts of steps that are needed and now it's you know very clear if you want to add something like um credit on account it's not a simple button that you press It mm. make might take two three days or even two weeks work if you want to make it really sophisticated yeah um and those things I just didn't know have you
1: is there anything in the app that you've built with your own fair hands
0: oh my gosh if only no <laughs> no um but I should I, I, I always have these ideas about little things and I, and you know I probably you know my, uh, you know, Pete, our CTO, you know, like, oh, for Halloween, we need moving spiders yeah. and stuff like that. So maybe I should do an animation course or something you and should. I'll just come in Secret. And, and surprise Don't him. do yes. let Pete read this. And no. Just, just <laughs>
1: like, just push him out of the way <laughs> bit, and then just start tapping like in the Matrix and yeah. you know, like the spiders will be all over the screen. Yeah. we were we'll be, be like, what, what have you done?
0: I'm also a real fan and of an emoji. Like, you should
1: pay me more. I'm
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm always like trying to get him to put an emoji in our apps and this and that, which 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 we which we do. Do emojis go with your aesthetic? Yeah, and our email marketing. Oh, okay. Email marketing and yeah. our um, therapist-facing app. We use lots of emojis. hmm It
1: took me a while to get onto emojis. I always thought they were a bit childish.
0: I think they are childish, but I certainly like them. I don't know they are like anymore.
1: Them. I don't think they are.
0: I mean, I see, like, even now I see people putting, like, job specs together and each bullet point is an emoji. Yeah,
1: they're, they're like a legit part of communication. Now. Yeah. It's like hieroglyphics.
0: Yeah. they yeah. like, come back. I know. It's like
1: digital hieroglyphics.
0: It's interesting. How it's completely changed the way that we communicate. I do sometimes think it's
1: really funny because the people it's like there's like a Unicode committee who are the ones that decide what the emojis should be. Yeah. And I know like initially they would have been like, ha ha, ha we're just enjoying ourselves doing this, whereas now like the world depends on them. Oh my god. To make sure you have like ginger emojis. Yeah, absolutely. Or, like, feet. I don't know if you saw recently they brought out like feet emojis, so like the base of your foot. Did they? Yeah, but because they've done the skin colour ones and they've got them in all different skin colours, but the base of your foot doesn't really match your skin colour. Oh my god, that is so
0: funny. <laughs> I always love Looking at when there's been an update and thinking, like, what what global movement is freaking out? Because it might yeah. be like the avocado. Like, the, you know, you've got the avocado, and then the bagel, like, and people because are in uproar. everyone needs avocado
1: emoji globally. That's, yeah. like, height of our of our needs. Yeah, yeah. Where have we got to as as humankind? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of globally, mm-hmm. you don't sound like you grew up in Cambridge.
0: No. I grew up in Australia. Mm -hmm. So I moved from Australia to London when I was 12. It was so much more of a shock than anyone ever realises. I got from my school in Australia. We were outdoors, like doing all these sports, going to the beach. Not wearing shoes. Not wearing shoes. And then, so we moved to London, and my brother and I would hop down the road to the corner store with no shoes. With no shoes, and all their really? mothers would come look out, like, well, "What are those kids Wait, are doing?" Wait, you do that in London? Yeah, well, we did, and then we and then we quickly learned that that was not yeah, the dumb thing. Yeah, idea. What part of London was that? Like southwest. And there wasn't stuff on the floor. I don't know. We didn't really care. We weren't taught. You know, we just yeah. we just did it. So there was that, and then. And then we used to play like baseball and then everyone's playing rounders. I'm like, what is this like? In our, like rounders in, is so much better than baseball though. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean I you know, I I moved along to it. But no, it was definitely like it it felt very funny.
1: Uh, So that was one transition. The other transition that you've been through, well, actually, maybe I'm assuming it's a transition. So the other thing that the little birdie called the internet told me Mm. was that you have scaled your business rather quickly and ended up having um, not only Mr. Bulgari Mm. himself, I don't know if he likes to be called that. It's probably not his surname. But Mm. the, the, the guy that used to run Bulgari was an investor. Yes. But... 12 twelve twelve months later, you've now acquired something else. Yes, as part of your business. Exactly. Which, looking through, I was like, "Gosh, that's." I think there's one thing to be an entrepreneur that's trying to scale up mm. and be on that side and being trying to and trying to get funding. Yeah, but it's also another thing to be someone that's like acquiring. Yeah, businesses
0: for sure. I mean, and I in think, three
1: and a half years. Yeah, just
0: not to be sniffed at. No, I mean it was a it was a huge, huge feat for us to you know accomplish and most certainly it was one of the most challenging thing challenging things that we'd done i mean we you know it was in you know required great um negotiation with the company in question how do you
1: even start something like that off how are you like we just started this but actually i want you to be on this side
0: it's actually, these conversations, it was never planned. I mm-hmm. was definitely looking around for what to do to ensure we were being more strategic and gain, gaining market share in London because right. it's competitive. Like okay. it's We have to, you know, I realized at one point last year, I was like, there, there ain't no messing about. We either move forward or mm-hmm. we're done. Okay. And so it all happened very organically mm-hmm. over a coffee. I met with um, Charlie, the founder of the company Perfect Ten. Mm-hmm. Just to talk about the industry, I always love meeting people who are doing the same thing. I think, like, let's all just, you know, talk and get to know each other. your friends close, but your enemies close. Yeah, um, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we were sitting, op- you know, sitting opposite each other. And it was just, it became so clear that our businesses would be so complementary. Okay. We had all of the tech. You know, we'd... Built up kind of you know the market pli- marketplace the client base etc. and Charlie with Perfect Ten had was essentially first mover. She launched six years ago, mm-hmm. built up, built her business. How how she did it? I don't know. Completely off, offline really. Oh mm-hmm. right, okay. And great network of incredibly high quality beauty therapists mm-hmm. and you know sort of you know res- respective client base as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was looking for an opportunity. She wanted to do something different. She wanted to scale up with the tech and didn't necessarily want to do it on her own or you know she probably she would have if if this conversation hadn't proceeded mm-hmm. but I think we realized that actually our skill sets were so incredibly complementary, mm-hmm. and um she's got you know great beauty background um you know beauty therapist by training okay built up her own business is just you know she's sort of done everyone in the world and they like very very you know she cool hasn't done mine yet Although she not, didn't do yours if She didn't do mine. I, sh- mm. I, sh- I, sh- I should have a word. Will- have a word. You should, um, but she, you know, she's trained under great brands and just really has a great understanding of the industry. And I, I recognize as well that we needed, you know, we needed that help. And and then the mechanics. So
1: the mechanics of it. So she's still part of the team. Then was it like an acqui hire kind of thing? Or yeah, an
0: acqui hire exactly. So she's now come on as our COO, and okay. she's um you know.
1: So she should really have done your nails then. Oh uh, yeah,
0: I know, you know. I need to. I, I'm yeah. She's need to sort that tap, out next time. Tap when you get back right. into the office. <laughs> okay, so um, she's still a part of the family then. So yeah. it, so you've
1: so that means you've, gosh, I don't know, maybe not doubled, but you've expanded the business, like physically yeah. even more. It's like the quickest way to kind of build out your business I definitely guess. yeah definitely the and size how big is the team
0: yeah oh our team so yeah. we're um 11 now okay um and then so we have the 600 therapists yeah um you know some of those were from from perfect 10 and then and then we you know increased our client base substantially very quickly it was tough though because i mean i've never done an acquisition no. never merged two companies but you know you just plan it Plan every step out. How are we going to do this? And you, you kind of muddle on and get there mm. in the end. And we're really—I ha- mean, we didn't know how it would go, but we're really happy because our numbers have—you know—we accomplished the figures that we wanted. Because it was such an such a. Um a complimentary, yeah. two complementary business. I yeah. think we were, you know, it worked and we had to recognize that first. But it was really tough, you know, bringing teams together, um, you know, communicating it to existing clients. I can imagine, yeah. Changing all, you know, stuff like changing the phone numbers, changing the companies, ensuring that um, accounts or, you know, all that makes mm. sense. I mean, it was... And merging like the tech systems and all that
1: kind of stuff in the background as well, I'm sure must have been... Definitely. ...a big thing for your CTO to have to do.
0: For sure. And yeah. And just different ways of booking so what next in the journey so i think for us we're looking internationally next mm-hmm. so i think ruby is a fantastic model for um uh you know high density population centers like london or paris or dubai um anywhere else in the uk that works for you
1: i have to say as an aside so yeah.
0: i run stemet and we when we
1: started off we did a lot in london we did a lot in the southeast East, yeah. admittedly because that's where the companies were that were tech companies that were interested in, in yeah. working with girls and young women. Um, and over the years, we've got much better at leaving London and doing stuff outside of London. Ah. Which has always been a thing for me where I'm a Londoner, I'm an East Londoner actually, not just any Londoner, I'm one of the best kinds of Londoners you can find. (laughs) Um, But I'm always conscious that so much happens in London, so much happens in East London, in particular because it's the greatest place on earth, that then no one else gets any of the awesome or any of the bits and pieces. So I'm always shocked because Ruby is mainly based in London. Mm -hmm. I'm always surprised by businesses that are London centric. Yeah. And then Paris is the next place or San Francisco is the next place and it's like I don't know, if you've been to Leeds, I spent a lot of time in Leeds recently. Yeah. Leeds is like we slept on. It's a great city. Yeah. There's so much going on there. Um I know for Manchester as well, this isn't like a personal attack, this is just, you know, go, no. C- go to cities. No, you gotta London. think about all, all options. Do. So so sure. have you can so pre so alongside Paris would you have considered something like Manchester or Leeds? Or is it more you need like, I don't know, six million or more in the city for you to be able to, for your business model to work?
0: I think that definitely um, it's a question of, you know, population size and Mm. density of population Mm. and ensuring that like on-demand services will work rapidly. Mm. Um, So there's that consideration. And there's also a consideration because obviously every company has their kind of unique DNA. Mm -hmm. And and for us, because we have such great links with a lot of the international hotel groups Mm. and also um, international beauty brands, Mm. Being a relatively small, small company and not particularly well-funded company, we need to piggyback and leverage off those relationships that we have. Would you be slightly better funded if you didn't acquire a company? Oh well, no, we'd be all right. You would be, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just had to ask the question. No, we'd be all right.
1: <laughs> so you've considered. So it's about population densities, and so will Glasgow or Edinburgh ever be somewhere that you'd or Dublin?
0: Yeah, definitely, D-word. definitely. I mean, we, you know, I anticipate this to be a global business. You mm-hmm. know, we want to be everywhere. I think, mm-hmm. you know, our solution is something that really works on the customer facing side, but also for the freelancers, also for the therapists, you know, we're, you know, c- building out a whole network of clients that they can tap into very easily we offer them things like um, financial reporting we offer bonus schemes we offer free trainings we offer um, support and and professional development workshops Mm. we do we do lots and I think that as a result you know there's an opportunity for it everywhere and yeah does it does the fact that it's a tech platform powering it mean that that's a reality
1: more than this type of business would have been maybe 15 years ago I think so Yeah,
0: because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't have that much FaceTime with everybody mm-hmm. and so you've got to build in this, you know, sort of supportive features through an app. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, you know, helped us helped us grow and helped us build that community.
1: What's your piece of advice that you normally give people at a very early stage or idea stage?
0: So I'm always, you know, one the idea that you have right now is not going to be the one that you end up with. So Uh be open to the fact that it's going to change. And in that moment of kind of defining out what it is, and then, you know, building it and growing it as a concept, speak with every single person that you can, anyone who could help anyone who has experience doing something like that, Mm. or even just, you know, people that you respect, admire peers, and run and run it, you know, run it over a million times. So one, you can get learnings from people who can help, and two, you can refine it in your own head mm-hmm. um, because you know it's hard to do that kind of thinking on your own.
1: Five-year plan for Venetia. Where do you want to be in five years?
0: So I see myself still with Ruby. You I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I love this company, and I think we're finally, even though it's three and a half years now. Okay. We're Twenty-year plan. 20, oh 20, 20 Oh my God, twenty! Far. I'm laying back with a margarita on the beach, <laughs> like, and I'm there next to you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sipping on that gin and juice. Okay,
1: <laughs> where do you think Ruby would be in like fifteen years?
0: Fifteen years. I mean, that's a very long time. It is. Um, so I see us in you know being being a global business. Um, that's created a platform that really does, um, offer you know offer freelance beauticians an opportunity to build up their own businesses within the Ruby platform. So, you know, giving them access to clients. So, you know, all of those things that I said, professional development opportunities, you know, yeah. because as the world becomes, you know, more of a, you know, people are working for themselves, you know, they can use this sorts of technology to support them, whether it's through, you know, you know, upskilling workshops yeah. and creating that whole kind of community there. Because as people move away from salons, mm. as, as, as beauty professionals move away from salons, where is their support structure? Do you think they will move away from salons? I do. I really do. do. Yeah, I think that there will be – Do you I think
1: you'll ever get to a point where it's like your robot at home does it? Oh, who knows? Your Alexa.
0: Yeah. Um, well, oh my gosh, I actually met someone the other week who does the coolest, coolest um, product ever. So what she does is she prints um, – she prints like logos and oh, images via a, a, the um, a prima donna. Really? Yes, it's called prima donna. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, maybe. I mean, you should do that for Ruby. I know, right? R u u b y? Absolutely. Oh, it, all the a host Ruby, of other Ruby, little Ruby. things. Ruby Ruby, <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I was moving I'm my hands across the same I'm all for I'm all for a bit of all for a bit of um, nail art. To is be that, honest, is that your theme? Your yeah. theme song. Oh, that is our theme so Yes, is. it absolutely play for is. I, I remember what my final question
1: was going to be. My mm. final question is, you're very good at um, building businesses and creating Ruby and trying out new things and entering new industries. Yeah. What are you not good at?
0: What am I not good at? I have found, I mean, you know, it's, there's always so many things that you think about, like oh my gosh, I need to improve this. I need to improve that because everything is new. Like you know, building a business. I mean, I guess you know, it's been it's worked out. But there have been a multitude of mistakes over the mm-hmm. over the course of this which journey. are all part of the success. Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think for me, you know, I've found one thing that I found um, difficult um, and something that I really want to work on is, is 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 building teams and management within within right, okay. that. So mm. you know, it's been. Um, you know i found I found that that more challenging to mm. sort of direct and 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 um, you know give people you know specific you know their kpis and, and everything because everything has been such a um, um, you know a, a, a pivoting, you know, nightmare. Yeah. We've done this. We've done it's that. We've like changed strategy. And yeah, and so level. it changes. Everything changes the whole time. And so I think try, what I'm trying to say, but is is add add more structure to that, um, you know, kind of a management way, is something that I've really, you know, worked hard to to improve on.
1: I think I'm st- I still I'm still working through that.
0: It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard, especially, you know, when you haven't done it before, and, you know, and you're working in the unknown. Yeah, you know, and it's being in that unknown. But you know. There are plenty of tools and tips, and there also rules. There a podcast? You know, we're human. You know, you kind of, you know, can can learn from. Your I, I always say that's
1: my hardest thing, though. So because I'm technical,
0: yeah, I'm
1: always like, everyone's always like, what's, what's been the hardest bit or what's what's something that you struggle with? And I'm always yeah. like, I have to work with human beings, like they're not <laughs> algorithms. So if you turn up today and you say hello, and you turn up tomorrow and you say hello, you'll get two completely different responses. Yeah, you yeah. You don't know, you know, if their mum's sick or if their cat pissed on the sofa or whatever yeah. it might be and so that person's in a completely different mood yeah. So managing them is even harder yeah so i've decided in no, my team i only manage two people and they manage everyone else
0: really that's good six. yeah delegation yeah delegation delegation is good and 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 making sure that you you know that you you that you can reap the benefits from mm. that and focus on what you're good at mm. you know and and that's you know definitely a very good idea thanks for coming <laughs> that was great thanks for Ruby Ruby Rubying. oh my god i know i um, loved it
1: thank you very much Venetia, for joining us great. that is the end of the podcast yeah. see you next time
0: bye
1: if you like this episode subscribe to women tech charge on apple podcasts it would really help us if you rated and reviewed the podcast too Venetia Archer has created app Ruby to let people book beauty appointments to their home, hotel room or office. Her entrepreneurial success has come from meeting people who have connected her to the right kind of people for technical and business growth. She's conquered the world with Ruby and she's going to sell carbonated coffee next. You can follow her on Twitter at Venetia Archer or on Instagram at Venetia underscore. And the spellings for that are in the episode notes. But you can also find out more about Ruby with two U's by going to Twitter and Insta and searching for Ruby app. I and Marie live on Twitter at amaphidon Good luck spelling that. And on Instagram at NotYourAverageAMI, which is a little bit easier to spell. Get in touch, have a chat, ask questions using the hashtag Women Tech Charge.